Hi, and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and uh, welcome back for another episode. Um, you know, the more I do these shows, the more uh, I become fascinated with folks that are really doing things that are in service of what I call the soul of business. And our guest today, uh, Anita Dardine, uh, uh, Gardine. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about her in just a minute, um, but she has got an organization that is absolutely in the sweet spot of what I consider to be the soul of business, particularly when I, you know, and those of you that have listened for a while understand this. Yeah, my orientation is in the context I work from is that the purpose of any business, and I don't care what it is, the purpose of any business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet. And if you're doing that well through your service or product, you're probably going to make money. So that's a different focal point. And energy will follow attention. So if your attention is on uplifting the quality of life, the quality of the experience of living on this planet, by definition, like I said, you will be making money. Um, maybe not hand over fist, but it will be enough to keep you going because people will keep coming back because they feel better about themselves when they're around your product or service. So that's, that's, a, big, that's a big deal uh, in my mind. Um, and it is antithetical to the way a lot of businesses are run. So uh, with that little bit of a preamble, um, I wanna introduce uh, Anita just a little bit here. Um, she is a spectacular uh, success story in her own right. And then we'll talk a little bit about her organization, which is Oniva. Um, but just you know, background, I mean, she's got an MBA from um, uh, Berkeley's uh, Haas School of Business and a BA in economics um, from UC Berkeley. But, you know, that's the academic stuff. She is an incredible entrepreneur. Um, and I, uh, I've got this thing here and I'm just kind of looking at it going, where do I start? Um, yeah, CFO at Quantum Seagate, you know, leading the disk drive business, uh, generating three and a half billion dollars in revenue, uh, roles at Levi Strauss. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about that. I did some work in the, in the rag trade for a while. Um, so AT&T, PacBell, uh, you know, those are just some of the corporate you know, gigs that uh, has, has been part of what she's done here. Um, but also she's incredibly involved in her community, board member of the Oakland Center of AIDS Services, the Bay Area Girl Scouts, Oakland's Vincent Academy, um, district secretary for the towns of Kensington. Uh, she is, um, interestingly enough here, California State Assembly in 2020 recognized her as a successful entrepreneur in the state of California. Uh, my guest, Anita Dardine, uh, Gardine, I wanna thank you for being here and I wanna welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I couldn't be more excited, Blaine. And then that, with that <laughs> well, introduction, I'm not sure if I can stand up to that introduction, but thank you for sharing some of those past uh, accomplishments that I've had. Oh, I mean, it, it's, you know, and it's just the, you know, kind of the, uh, the oh, what's the word I do? The, the pedigree sort of a thing that uh, people want to learn about in part because it gives credibility to some of the things that we then speak about. And that being said, it isn't who you are. And the reason I've asked you to be on here is because of who you are. And yeah, Anita was a guest of mine uh, and David Meltzer in our office hours show a couple of weeks ago. And I was just blown away by uh, the story of uh, what she is bringing to life in an organization called Oneva. And um, before we get into Oneva, I wanna, you know, the question I ask everybody is when you hear the term 
the soul of business, what does that bring up for you? You know, kind of what does it evoke? For me, it's, it's about the business's values and its mission. And it lives through its products. It lives through its employees. It lives through its investors. Uh, as a small startup, it lives, it's embodied in everything that we do. So for us at Oniva, it's as you described, it's how do we lift everybody? Our technology, you know, certainly matches employees to FBI background check caregivers because we all know that thanks to smartphones, we work more than ever, even before COVID, and we all need help with care. Certainly folks like me who are in the sandwich generation where I'm sitting in my mom's home, my childhood home, and I live in a, a different home with my husband and kids and I go back and forth. I need care for my kids and for my mom. So I needed to find that that one-stop shop, so to speak, where I could find trusted care and it simply didn't exist for me. So for me in a business, the soul of a business has to be about how am I touching all those customers, whether it's the caregiver and uplifting them, that employee who needs care and uplifting them, or that company, quite candidly, who knows what their workers are suffering through, um, male and female, but creating an easy path for them to also step in and help do the right thing. So for me, it's really about how do you uplift everyone around you? How do you create that shared vision across those entities? Again, customers, investors, um, everybody in the market, all your stakeholders and lift them to better. And I do agree with you when you do that well, money will follow if that's the mission if that's what the passion is you know with my case my passion is certainly monetary but it's also those other things around how do we lift those groups yeah uh, i'm going to talk about oniva here a little bit you you founded the company and uh, actually co-founded the company in uh, 2014 and it's um an organization that reimagines the career for caregivers while providing an enticing and essential employer-provided benefit to client employees. So you've got two very distinct cohorts um, that you're dealing with, two very distinct uh, stakeholders uh, that oftentimes have competing interests. Um, so you know, on the uh, employee side, it's going to be a, a cost-benefit analysis, yeah, <laughs> the ROI. Uh, on the caregiver side, it's a living wage, but it's also some, uh, yeah, how do I satisfy this intrinsic, yeah, almost altruistic uh, drive that I have to be of service to others in, uh, in my community? How do you bring, and you mentioned your technology, because you've got a, I think it's a patented technology yes, um, that you have you know, developed. Microsoft was your you know, very first uh, corporate partner on this initiative, yes. and which I think is just fascinating uh, in, in and of itself, but also uh, Steve Ballmer is my neighbor here. Um, and, wow. <laughs> We're getting tickets to a game. I can see it coming. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. The Clippers, uh, the Clippers live. Um, anyway, uh, the idea here that a, a company of the size and scope and scale of Microsoft would invest in caregiving and not just invest in caregiving as a, as a service, but invest in caregiving as a product that they could bring, you know, help bring to market. Talk a little bit about that conversation because that, you know, that had to have been a fascinating conversation. We are truly blessed. And, and as much of our successes due to, you know, that patent and trust and safety, it's also due to pure luck. 
Um, Reverend Jesse Jackson, if you're familiar with him, he came to Silicon Valley in 2014, and he chose my company as one of two that he believed could be successful if we had access. He certainly wanted to prove a point as to where great ideas can come from that can change the world and also create economic value. At an event, he introduced us to George Zinn, the treasurer at Microsoft. Uh, my co-founder is my husband of 34 years, and he gave him our PowerPoint presentation, and he carried it back to Microsoft. And at that time, a gentleman by the name of Fred Teal, the general manager of benefits at Microsoft, saw I, our idea, and he loved it. This is a case where Microsoft shares the same values that we share around creating a, a more equitable society and around lifting up all workers, including their employees, and absolutely recognizing, especially for women who tend to leave the workforce in droves or not be able to fulfill our best careers. He saw that. And from that moment on, on December 10th, 2014, he's been my co-conspirator in helping design the technology. Uh, he was our first customer. He gave us access to 3,000 employees here in Silicon Valley to bring our technology to so they could help us rebuild it and refine it and now scale it out into the market. But to your point, it comes from shared values, that shared mission. And we have that alignment in that regard and his personal passion. I, I get it, not every company can be the pet project of an executive at Microsoft, but it really came from his sense of wanting to create something that he knew didn't exist as a buyer at Microsoft and formerly as the head buyer of benefits at Intel. He knew there was no other product in the market that would do what we were proposing to do. Now, neither of us anticipated it would take us from December 14th until 2020 to have the technology ready to scale. But as you've heard, we really are focused on how do we optimize it for that caregiver who is a professional, who does deserve a living rate. Um, the, the average caregiver in this country maybe isn't treated particularly well, earns $11.82 an hour. And here in Silicon Valley, you simply can't live on that. And, and then you wonder why we have high turnover in, in that area, for example. And as a working mom, again, who needs care for my child who's still in school, as well as for elders, that's a critical resource for me. And yeah. I need to have that reliable, professional, compliant a worker who's there and is a part of my family. So it's really a shared vision with Microsoft around how do we lift everybody. So that makes yeah. it easy. It does. I mean, and, and the technology actually does facilitate this whole process. And one of the things that I was particularly struck by was you redefined, for me anyway, you re redefined what the term caregiver actually uh, yeah, implies and is about. It's not just elderly care. It's caregiving yeah, wherever care is needed yeah, in the family system. Absolutely. And, and that's, a, that's a paradigm shift. Absolutely. Well, and, and again, in my own need, I'm the youngest of eight. Um, I'm 58 now. When I was 11 years old, my first niece was born and she's autistic. My next two nephews are also autistic and they're along the spectrum. And now they're 43, 45, and 47. And we all have seen a rise in autism as an example. And I have lived 
how that impacts a family. So it was important to us to design for that family too, who has a special needs relative. And we talk a lot about schools being closed. Well, so are those elder care facilities as well as special needs daycare facilities. So you have families, whether they be working at home, some essential service providers have to go to work. If you're, right, if you're that technician keeping the phone lines working and internet going, God bless you for being there because we're all living on Zoom <laughs> right now and we, and we, and we yes. need that service. But we have to be mindful of the full scope of care. And for me, it also includes house cleaning, uh, housekeeping mm-hmm. rather, um, because I still have to maintain the home and, and do all those things um, and work a full-time job. So for, for again, we just built for us, for ourselves, what it is we felt we needed and have always been in market since 2014 here in the Silicon Valley area and always getting that feedback and that validation from families that this is what we are actually experiencing in our day-to-day lives. So when we say we collaborated with Microsoft to build everything, it's not just the tech, it's what are the services that most families need to function? So we, we did it a little bit different way. Yeah. And the, um, I mean, I, I would be interested in you speaking a little bit, if you could, you know, and I'm being very mindful here of privacy and HIPAA requirements and some other stuff here. Uh, but what kind of testimonials do you get back from the recipients of this service? I, mean, I can imagine what it would be on the employer side, but give me uh, and, and our listeners a little bit about the, the recipients here. How, what, what goes on with them? But for them, it, it's get it's finding that trusted care. Uh, I'll certainly share for me as a mom. You know, God blessed me with two children, eleven years apart. So uh, my my current my my child who's in school is my do over kid. Can you imagine when I'd looked to returning to the, my career in the two thousand seven time frame, and I realized that in California we have a nineteen eighty seven law on the books that says if somebody goes into your home to provide care. They should have a living FBI, California DOJ background check. It costs about 124 bucks. It was even discounted to 20 bucks but uh, during COVID. But that this person has a living check. And if gosh darn, there's a DUI or elder abuse or, you know, they're looking for 82 pretty big infractions. At no cost to me as a parent, I get a phone call. I get a letter in the mail. That lets me know an event has occurred and occurred and this person should not be in my home. When I discovered I'd been hiring caregivers for years and paying other agencies or other platforms for background checks only to learn they weren't accessing what's been here for 1987, I felt horrible as a mom. You know, I felt horrible as a daughter and really questioned who had I exposed my children to unknowingly. So I felt, mm-hmm. a little, I felt a little bit duped in that moment. So that, that's an example. And, and also the requirement, if you do care, you should have first aid and CPR. You should have mm-hmm. two reference checks. And all that information should be in a nice little bow and made available for, for every parent or every caregiver. So, you know, we just took that standard and extended it to cover things like housekeeping. And it already covers people care. So we, we are also expanding it to include pet care. Um, to share with you first that pet care is now available and we are sourcing caregivers who can deliver that service because we have so many other loved ones in our home, some of which have four feet, some of them have no feet. <laughs> but <laughs> again, it's 
how do you bring work-life balance? We, we just want to bring balance and, and it all starts with care and, and how do we make that happen in, a, in an easy, convenient way? You know, the idea of compassionate capitalism, um, that's, you know, David Meltzer and I you know, you know, co-wrote uh, the book, Compassionate Capitalism. And one of the predicates of that book is it's one thing to be aware of the need for a stakeholder to be uh, positively impacted by our businesses, services, and activities. It's another thing to take action on that awareness. And it, you know, it, and this is one of the things that I was most struck by when I first met you was you have taken action on that awareness. And it wasn't action that was narrowly focused. It was what's the broadest reach that we can, you know, <laughs> that we can imagine with this? And what's the broadest scope by which we can actually implement this? And that's, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, and, and it's predicated on, on compassion. Yeah, I, I care about not just the caregiver, I care about the quality of life of the recipients on, and, and the deliverer, the quality of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I, I just take my hat off to you on that. That's, uh, well, thank yeah. you. That's, that's, we, we don't know how else to do it. Again, what took us so long, we, we had to do, adapt the technology for each of those customers. And it's really about if you think, imagine being a caregiver um, from on another marketplace, you have no idea who's on the other side of that transaction. Who's calling you to their home? Do they really exist? Are they going to do me harm? Are they going to pay me? at the end of an event. I mean, I would mm -hmm. sit down and hear caregivers share these stories or in certain communities, if you provide elder care, some a member will just move into the home and forego seeing their family until they can get a cousin or an aunt to come for a few hours so they can visit. So when you hear the stories and, and we won't talk about the abuses that we all read about in house cleaning and buildings at night, there are horrible things happening. How could one not act if you know this exists? How can you build a product that connects caregivers and not solve for those fundamental, I, I, it's to call it a challenge is an understatement when you think about the absolute abuse, physical abuse, monetary abuse that occurs for what we know is a skill set, although not always valued, it's a skill set that many of us simply cannot function without. I know I can't. There, there's an Oniva Pro, you know, back there with my mom so that I can sit here and do this today. I have to honor that and I have to respect that. And I, I just don't know any other way to proceed. I, I guess I have to credit mom and dad for uh, raising me a certain way with a certain yeah. value set. Well, that kind of goes back to the question of values. And I want to explore that when we come back from this little, uh, little break. So, um, folks, we've been uh, having a great conversation so far with Anita. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to take a very brief, and I mean very brief, little break here. And when we come back, we're going to pick up, and I want to uh, pick up uh, on this question of values, because uh, there's, there's some interesting conversations to be had, I think, around that relative to what you're doing. So um, you're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett, uh, my guest today, Anita Darden-Gardine, and we will be right back. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual 
and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Hello and welcome back. This is Blaine Bartlett. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. My uh, my guest today, Anita darden Gardine. And I, I, you know, w- when we left, we had just literally lifted the cover on, a, on something that I want to go a little bit deeper on, which is this question of values. Um, you know, earlier in the show, you talked about, you know, when you first got connected with Microsoft, it wasn't quote unquote, a business conversation as much as it was a values conversation. Now that's my words for it. Um, but yeah, as far as I can tell, you know, every organization has got a set of values that they espouse, that they talk about. And for most organizations, those are doing values, not being values. And when I you know, first, you know, started listening to you um, a couple of weeks ago and uh, got a little bit more familiar with what you're doing. You know, these values were being values. They, they weren't steeped in what do we do? It's how do, how do we be as we do what we do? Mm-hmm. So I'm interested here, and, and we don't need to go into the Microsoft conversation around that in terms of them as a business partner with you, but I am interested in terms of how you use values as a way to vet your caregivers um, as, as, as part of uh, the, uh, the family. Absolutely. Well, you know, again, selecting that caregiver, especially in the era of COVID, where we are expanding that circle of trust in so many ways, it's really for us finding caregivers who care because it's in their DNA. You know, when you talk about the award that we got, uh, that I received in March from the California State Assembly, it was given at Mission College, one of over 100 colleges here with home health aid worker programs. Many preschool programs exist. There are people who are attracted to care because it's in their DNA. It's in their value system. Those are the caregivers that we love to to resource. We know there are other caregivers, particularly in the elderly space, candidly, where they seem to show up with new gifts from their customers or some, you know, something passes or somebody passes away and suddenly they have, you know, assets. Those things make me nervous. And I'm a huge Perry Mason fan, the 1959 Perry Mason. And I see those stories come up and, and that's also the reality of elder care. Let's face it, there's some bad actors out there. Child care space as well. And, and I don't like to spend time focused on those things. I like to focus on caregivers who care because it's in their DNA because they share our mission and our values about that quality of care. But it's also, and and not to to give too many shout outs to our friends at Microsoft, but it's also about protecting your privacy. If somebody's going to go take your mom to an oncology appointment, 
that data needs to be locked up in a box that shouldn't be hackable. Now, of course, any network can be hacked. So please, that's not an excuse for somebody to come out and hack my platform. But to find a partner who shares that value around protecting your identity, protecting your information, protecting your checking account information as that caregiver gets paid, all those things are a part of that value system. And as you alluded to earlier, when you think about how do I completely satisfy the need of a caregiver, protecting their identity is equally important. So it really extends into so many different areas when you think about how do I really and truly meet that person's need set. So I don't know. I hope I answered that question. Oh, I, I, you absolutely did. But, yeah, one of the things that you touch on there, just um, and he didn't say the word exactly, but it has to do with you know, developing a basis by which trust is the foundation of the entire interaction. And I'm not yes. saying transaction, it's yeah. the interaction. Yes. So that, that whole caregiving, care receiving uh, dynamic is informed by trust. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And I have a patent in trust and safety um, from the USPTO awarded December uh, 2019. So how exciting is that, that you can be awarded a patent in trust and safety uh, in the in-home care market? Um, but that is our first patent. Our second patent is for an AI robot video director, a little bit, you know, certainly a little different. But it's how we create an amazing caregiver video so that you can see it even before that caregiver gets to your home. And most importantly, so that you can see it and make a selection decision. So how, you know, that's the foundation of trust. It's, it's left brain, right brain. It's seeing that hard data around what are the capabilities and skills? Can they use a lift? Do they speak the language? Can they cook the meals that my mom's going to want to eat? Mm -hmm. As well as that soft skill. How do they present themselves? Are, are they soft-spoken? Or maybe I need someone who's more forceful. Every family's different. And on a different day, that same family may have a different need set. So it's all about giving you choices across that caregiver set. But at the end of the day, they all have to be trustworthy. And the trustworthiness starts with complying with the law. That 1987, right? If you can comply, that demonstrates a level of commitment in oneself. Um, because you can certainly go to other places and not comply and say, hey, I, I provide care and go out and do what you do without investing in yourself and demonstrating that you are trustworthy. Yeah, yeah, which... I stumped you. I stumped you. Well, I yeah, stumped him, everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm still kind of going to a patent in trust. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's just, just the concept itself is fascinating to me. Thank so you. this is an algorithm that uh, is it's, it's very specifically to, designed. Yeah, go ahead. It speaks to left brain, right brain. How are you making that decision? How, how quickly are you making that informed, trusted decision? Um, but we're grounded in trust and safety for both the customer, you know, who's coming into your home. And then for that caregiver, you know, whose home you're going into, they're going to know if you live with a family or if it's just you. And that way, if they show up and, and you know, there are three weird guys hanging out in a corner, which sometimes can happen. At least in our case, you'll know who the three weird guys are or you know, who, who lives in that home. There's a profile that's set up. And then once the job is done, poof, the information goes away. Caregiver no longer has access to it. Um, but while they're there, they will have access to it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So 
yeah, how can how can people find now? Are you are you're primarily in California right now? We are in California right now. Our technology is ready to go into different states. We are excited that we are talking to some companies exploring locations throughout the country. So our we can be there. It takes about 90 days to set up in a region. Uh, part of, of, again, taking six years is we honed our technology and workflows and processes so that we could scale quickly, recognizing that companies like a Microsoft are global. But we also have great companies here like San Mateo Credit Union, Felice Insurance, which is both a customer and a distributor. So they're out selling our product um, to their over 2,600 client companies here in the Silicon Valley area, in addition to direct sales. So we're about trying to bring as much trusted care out into the world as possible and creating as many living rate care jobs in the communities where workers live. We also uh, match around not just do you have those skills, can you use a lift for elder, but geography. It makes no sense if you live in Tacoma and you uh, have a care need in Seattle to have a caregiver trying to make that commute in the morning at rush hour. And that adds to that turnover. So our technology is designed not just for things like geography, but we know that once you find that forever caregiver that you, that you love, if you do a search and they don't show as available, with our platform, you can just you know press a button, a button and create a little blue heart next to them and they'll always know even if they're not plugged in, that you have a need. Initially, they won't see all your information. No caregiver will, but they'll know there's a job to provide care at Third and Elm, and it's an 80-year-old woman, and they're going to go, that's Blaine's family, and you'll hear from your forever caregiver. And with Oniva, you can just respond and say, I can't be there at noon, but I can do one o'clock. And that's an opportunity for you to have that communication. We designed in that flexibility because that's how families work. And that's how forever caregivers work. So we're built for repeat relationships. We encourage, mm -hmm. even before COVID, in the case of care, long-term repeat bookings and, and relationships with families. Because, again, we really need each other to succeed. Yeah, it does take a family. It takes a village. Takes yeah, I mean, village. You know, just not to be trite about it, but it absolutely does, particularly in today's uh, you know, crazy world. Now, and, and I'm, I'm glad you went into that detail because those of you that are listening, I mean, you know, a lot of the folks that listen to this show are entrepreneurs. A lot of the folks that live, you know, live, in, you know, live in this show, <laughs> I live in this show, but yeah, you know, that listen to this show, um, you have employees that um, have needs uh, and these needs are not just mitigated by uh, your salary uh, package. Um, there's a lot of other things that you can be doing. And if, yeah, and the purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet. That includes not just your customers, it also includes your employees. Absolutely. And one of the things that I was absolutely loving about this is this is an employee benefit dynamic. I mean, it's, it, it's so unique and it is the ROI on it, I think is just enormous in terms of uh, the potential benefit to an organization, let alone to uh, the employee base of, of the organization. How can people uh, need to find out more about Oniva? They can certainly find our website at Oniva, O-N-E-V-A.com. And you can always find me. I'm Anita Darton Gardine. You can find me in LinkedIn, or you can email me at Anita at Oniva.com. If I can just add one thing, as I sit here in Silicon Valley, one of the things that makes me most proud um, is, again, 
thanks to our friends at Microsoft, I'm also the 11th Black female in U.S. history to raise $1 million. And while that excites me, that's also a little bit horrifying. Um, I'm also a TechCrunch Disrupt Silver winner and something that typically you may not see females uh, compete in or be successful in. So I'm always excited to find partners who share our vision around bringing care to employees as a way to uplift the world, uplift the population. And if there are those who are excited about the opportunity to invest and collaborate in somebody who looks like me, um, focused on the product, focus on the market opportunity, focus on our opportunity to get to that ROI and less focus on the package that God chose to put me in. I'm excited to have those like-minded folks join our team and, and consider investing, to consider joining as a caregiver, and absolutely to consider joining as an employee customer. We do look for companies to sign up. It can be a zero-cost option. We just want to get those caregivers there, but we need the corporate support to put in our workers and your employees home. So thank you that for the opportunity to make that long-winded pitch. But <laughs> most importantly, thank you for creating a path for any, any entrepreneur, but certainly one who looks like me, to be able to share her story and her message with your audience is uplifting. And I thank you for that. And it speaks to who you are. And it speaks to who your show is about. It speaks to your values, your mission. And it speaks to why you and I did this right away. Right. We, we're in the same village. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. And, and it means a tremendous amount because it, it even in 2020, actually, I don't think a lot of us are surprised given what we see in the elections and things. But it is amazing that, um, you know, we still have some challenges and but we're working through them and we're focused on doing what's right and creating value for the all the folks who need it. And, and the folks who need it just isn't package dependent. It's, it's, oh. about, it's about care. <laughs> it's about care. It's about connection. It's about recognizing and acting on the fact that everybody's connected. That's and what, you know, what's happening with you is happening to me. Um, it, uh, it may not be immediate in my uh, experience, but it is happening. Absolutely. Because we are connected. Absolutely, we so, are. Yeah. I, I love this conversation. I love what you're up to. Folks, thank you for listening. Anita Dardine Gardine has been my guest. Uh, the organization is Oniva, oniva.com. And I want you to go take a look at it. Honest to God, go take a look at it. I mean, truly, it's, it's, uh, you'll, you'll be very happy that you did. Um, you know, great stuff. You know, the soul of business lives in a very big way here. So thank you. Thank you, Belaine. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Again, thank you for the venue you've created to uplift and share. I wish we had more voices like yours sharing these types of stories because it's really about what's at the heart of those missions. I love that question. Love the programming. And aside from you being a Seahawks fan, dude, I even love you too. <laughs> yeah, the feeling is reciprocal, even though I am a Seahawks fan. And, and I mean, you know, Raiders, I'm not so sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Niner fan. They left me in 82. Okay. I became, a, I'm a Niner fan. Okay. You go that way. Yeah. Even worse, quite frankly, but <laughs> we'll see y'all. We'll see Sunday. <laughs> we'll see Sunday. Yes, we will. Okay. Awesome. Anita, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Have Blessing. a blessed day. You as well. Uh, thank you. <laughs>
You've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett, and I want to thank you for listening. You can find out more about what I'm up to at blainebartlett.com. And when you get there, yeah, just kind of explore. There's a number of resources that uh, you might be interested in. Uh, of, of particular interest, uh, for me anyway, is uh, the mastermind program that we've developed. Uh, so just go up to the services tab on my main page, and there's a mastermind uh option there. Just go check it out. See what you think. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, quite useful, <laughs> he says humbly. So Blaine Bartlett hosting the uh, Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. We'll see you in the next episode, folks. Take care. Bye. I'm going. I'm going to listen to that master class. <laughs> <laughs>